Welcome to this crossover episode with the TNT EdTech Podcast and Education Today. I'm your host, Scott Noons. I want to start this episode by thanking you, the listeners. I really appreciate you tuning in, supporting the content here on both podcasts. It means the world to me and to Matthew Ketchum. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're in the thick of it with 2020, and just like many of you, we're growing tired. So we're working hard to bring you these educators. If you feel like you have a message that you would like to share with the other educators out there, head on over to flipgrid.com backslash noons, just like my last name, N-U-N-E-S, the number 12, and then the word days, plural, with an S at the end, and share your message, and you may find it featured right here. So head on over, do that right after you listen to this episode, and take care of yourself. Hang in there, and I'm hoping these pro tips will help you get through 2020 with a bang. Welcome everyone to this bonus episode to our 12 Days of Christmas Educator Series. I am overwhelmed by the amazing responses I got back from educators all over North America, including Canada. Yeah, that's you, Noah Daniel, if you're listening to this one. And just been overwhelmed by the response from you the audience, the listeners of this podcast. It means so much that you would tune in and check out all these episodes. Uh, let us know which one you like the best. If you really like this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I really appreciate that. Once again, I'm your host, Scott Noons. You can follow me at Mr. Noons Teach on Twitter, Facebook, and now YouTube. So a little bit about today's guest, Nicole Biscotti. She's an educator, author of the book, I Can Learn When I'm Moving, Going to School with ADHD, which comes out early 2021. It's motivated by her son. Not too many spoiler alerts, um, but I have a little piece in there. So uh, <laughs> check it out. Check out my section as well. Let us know what you think. Make sure you're following her on her website at NicoleBiscotti.com as well as on Twitter at BiscottiNicole. So once again, website NicoleBiscotti.com, Twitter opposite BiscottiNicole. So Nicole and I connected about two years ago, right about this time, a little sooner, I would say probably about... September. I really got into Twitter, I would say July of 2018. I started back up. I've had the account since 2016 uh, just to participate in um, a, a conference session um, that I attended then, but then I left it alone. Um, and uh, when I started out in June at at the end of ISTE, I had like eight followers, and one of those was Matthew Ketchum. And then I went to School G Next in July, and that's when things really started taking off. I I came up like 30 followers, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I 
I was hooked. Glenn Irvin walked me through as well as Denise Shovlin. She didn't let me leave her side one day until I put a profile pic up and a little description in my profile. So always have to give a shout out to them. But back to Nicole, I don't remember the exact way or moment we met because I, I met a lot of people like Nicole about that time in that month of September. So that's when I linked up and really started following Dave Burgess. Same with Vernon Wright. And I met Nicole. She was one of my earliest followers. I think right when I was around, you know, 100, 200 followers at that time. And uh, we've been in touch ever since. And it's been so cool to see both of us just grow. In fact, I'm looking at her Twitter profile right now. That's when she joined. So I, I wonder what number I, I was for her. I didn't ask her before she did that. But this episode means so, so much because we've been friends on and off um, for that time. Uh, mostly on and you know life gets in the way sometimes you get busy or you're pursuing uh, a passion project and uh, you don't communicate for a little bit there right you know there's some some gaps in communication but she's one of those that has always been there and definitely has been giving me some great guidance behind the scenes on things I'm working on and I absolutely appreciate her and I hope you do too and there's a sincerity in her voice uh, in this episode. I really picked it up. This year is challenging for all of us, but I know right now there are many blessings coming, you know, towards Nicole, I guess, you know, with, with this year, and she'll talk about those. But what she doesn't talk about are all of the challenges. And so knowing that on the back end and the fact that despite the busyness and everything she had going on in her life that she made some time for me that I mattered enough to her as a friend to take this extra time when she easily could have just let this opportunity go and she's also making the time for you the listeners it just warms my heart so much and it speaks so much to the character of her as a person as that and as an educator I guess with that introduction, I'll let you find out for yourself how great Nicole is. So stay tuned. I'm passing the mic to my friend, Nicole Biscotti. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Nicole Biscotti and I'm a teacher. And I'm also the mother of a student with ADHD. My son is 10 years old. And we are in, I'm both teaching in the online mon model and my son is also receiving his education through distance education right now. It has been a very intense year for everybody, but there are definitely lessons to be learned. And I believe that if we are cognizant of the different experience that we're having and the opportunities that it presents to us, that when we go back to whatever the new normal is going to be, we will be able to translate this information into creating more meaningful supports for our students with ADHD. Specifically, where I think that the work needs to happen is, or a powerful opportunity for it to happen, is in the relationship between educators and parents. 
Most parents of special needs children are used to going to IEP meetings, 504s, and in my case, and in the case of many others, many meetings revolving around conduct issues or bad grades. However, a lot of times those meetings don't seem like they're a productive meeting of the minds. For many of us parents and even teachers, they can feel a little bit like a list of complaints or frustrations um, or a problem that we're looking to solve. And I believe that distance education and even hybrid education because parents are more involved um, in the piece when students are home gives parents and educators a unique starting point. What I mean by that specifically is that, for example, myself, I'm a teacher. Um, I would like to think I'm pretty on top of what's going on with my son. However, I have never had the opportunity to be so involved in his education as I do right now, because his education is going on in the living room, right? So what I've learned is that, for example, my son is very, um, he has a high ability in math, but he often fails math. And that is due to many of his symptoms of ADHD, the inattention, um, the hyperactivity. But what I've learned this year by working with him more closely is that Jason has trouble with multi-step processes. And when I say trouble with them, as somebody who doesn't have ADHD, I didn't really understand what that meant even though I'm a teacher, Jason has been reduced to tears at times because multi-step processes are overwhelming to him and cause him a lot of stress. So right there, that's been one area that I've learned about my son that I was able to then communicate about with his teachers. I know that not all parents are teachers, right? But as educators, we can think about areas in the classroom that we give kids support, maybe without even thinking about it. And when I say that, I'm, talk I'm thinking about how we almost without thinking twice will move a student to, a less, uh, to an area that's less busy in the classroom. Or we will, without really thinking about it, give certain students um, more proximity to us. Or as we're walking around the classroom, kind of hang out a little bit longer by certain desks. So when we partner up with parents, because a lot of parents are frustrated right now, sometimes myself included, because it's hard. It's a lot of work um, to have your kid at home doing school. It's just hard. But as educators, we can guide parents and we can suggest certain areas, like, for example, to identify supports around anything um, they're working one-on-one -on -one with them with their processing that they find to be difficult like my son's situation with the multi-step processes. We can also coach parents on supporting with organization. Um, I know that I thought that having a checklist for Jason was sufficient to help him with his organization skills. And what I found is that my son doesn't just need a checklist, he needs a check-in. And he needs frequent check-ins, in fact. So it's not just making sure he understands the assignments that are assigned to him, asynchronously, but it's also having that check-in with me. So in order to allow me to work, I've learned that we have frequent check-ins during the day and they're scheduled. And then we go over his checklist together. But supports like that, that parents are finding or that educators can coach parents with, 
create that open communication. I know that before the pandemic, what seems like a really long time ago, but it was actually just in February that before things really changed here in the States, I, I, I didn't have the type of communication with parents that I do now. Most of my communication revolved around issues that we were trying to address or, um, you know, really in high school, honestly, failing grades, um, a few positive phone calls. But now that parents and educators are really working together in a new and unique way to support students, we have that opportunity to create a more collaborative and meaningful um, meaningful supports going forward. So my hope is that educators can work with parents closely and help them to identify what might be the reasons why, even though your child has a checklist, he's not finishing that checklist, but he's running around the living room instead, speaking from experience maybe. Um, we can help them to understand that. And I'm hoping that parents can help us to understand what they're seeing from their side as well. So again, I see distance education as a deeper partnership than we've ever had with parents before and an opportunity. And my hope is that one way that we can gleam a silver lining out of all of this is that when we go back, we can open up those collaborative conversations and include the child and get their take on what was easier for them at home, what was harder, was the access to movement easier? How can we implement that in the classroom? That's something else I've seen with my son. I literally have to let him run up and down the block a couple of times between Zooms and he likes that and, and settles down. So how can we take these experiences that we're having and translate them into a deeper collaboration between parents and educators and more meaningful supports? A big thank you to Nicole Biscotti for this amazing episode. And make sure you're following her on Twitter at Biscotti Nicole or on her website at NicoleBiscotti.com. Thank you again, Nicole. If you want to see a visual representation of this podcast, head on over to Flipgrid and in your browser's address bar, type in Flipgrid.com backslash noons the number 12 and the word days so noons n-u-n-e-s the numbers one and two and the letters d-a-y-s and please record a message yourself and share it out and if you do your video message may be shared out on the podcast as well once again i'm scott noons host of education today and the TNT EdTech Podcast with Matthew Ketchum. Have a great holiday, everyone.